welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and we have a show called Paranormal Roundtable. It is PRT for short, and our listeners are known as the paratroopers. paratroopers. Okay, I can't finish a sentence. I don't know why this guy always interrupts me. I don't know. I, don't, uh, I just feel like I had to stop it. Yeah, you always step in for the paratroopers. Okay, I felt like you all right. I give guess, it right. the enthusiasm that they needed. We have Shaquille O'Neal over here for our <laughs> co-host. Icy Hot goes with the patch. We've been sponsored we by the, the Icy Hot Patch, we and we have Shaquille O'Neal in the studio here to tell us about all the pain relief he gets from the Icy Hot Patch. Go ahead, Shaq. Five time MVP. Can't have pain if you're great. You do real good. I told Kobe. Be yourself. Throw the ball. He passed me the ball, and I was not in pain because of the icy hut. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, all right, so the point. So we got interrupted over here by a guy who is not Shaquille O'Neal. I must stress that, and icy hot is a good product, but we do not. Uh, they're not. We're not sponsors of that. We're not. Um, but he does sound like him because he mumbles and mutters and interrupts. So, anyways, folks, that's Tony Mushu Long. That's my co-host, also my godson. And with me is my nephew, Anthony, and we have a show. And Josh Turner, PRTPodcast.com, Josh Turner, PRTPodcast.com. That is the coordinates to hit us up and give us your stories. Now, this story was given to me by a friend of mine. He said, hey, man, this is up your alley. This guy, and he's in the, he's in the, he's in the uh, let's put it this way, uh, paranormal community. Um, and he's an author, but he said, you, you this, it's got some, element to it that you might find intriguing. And so then I interviewed this guy and uh, really crazy story. But before we do that, remember Paranormal Roundtable, we have a Patreon. Okay. And the Patreon is, what is the coordinates for that? Uh, the Patreon, if you just go to patreon.com slash PRT podcast and yeah. link to that is also in the description of all of our YouTube videos. And if you watch the live stream, it's also on the screen at the bottom left in big orange letters. So. And we are working toward possibly getting back on Spotify. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it depends because uh, our podcast host is called Anchor and they basically merge with Spotify. And at the moment, Spotify has... has uh, program where you can uh, basically they can monetize you and that's what we were waiting for but we're waiting to see if they're going to monetize us the same way YouTube does where they can they'll just put automated ads on there and if that's the case then hey we'll be back on uh, Spotify and all those other platforms that you listen to so yeah and so in the meantime we are on YouTube and the tube of you that is where you will find us on Friday Last Friday, we told a story that kind of leads into, at the beginning of the show. A little teaser. Yep. And our guest was Dark Woods, and Dark Woods talked about Dogman predominantly and Bigfoot, because he said Dogman and Bigfoot encounters, but mostly Dogman. And we were going to announce about the conference. As of this recording, we still don't know. The conference is kind of up in the air, because we thought it was going to be in Granbury, Texas, and now we're being told it's not. But it's going to go forward. It's going to happen. It's going We're going to have over 20 speakers um, everybody from last year will be returning plus, uh, seven or eight more people. So let's get started here. Um, paranormal Roundtable group, Facebook group, uh, Josh, uh, what is it called? Paranormal Roundtable. Um, and then we have Barton Nunley's and Humanoids and then we have Nelly's, uh, prayer group and then we have Paranormal Prayer Group. Um, then we have, uh, Paranormal Lounge and multiple others. And I'm also a Dogman Werewolf discussion with, uh, Phil Stern, who was a guest on my show last week. 
Yeah. It would have been last week because the recording of this would be week before maybe. I don't know. Anyways, um, this past Friday, our guest was <clears throat> Dark Woods' Steven Siegel. Um, not Steven Seagal, Steven Siegel. So anyway, go check that out in the beginning of it. That's the first story to what we're about to talk about. And what we're talking about tonight are evil little creatures with red hats. Red hats because that is, I don't know what the significance is with that. <clears throat> Bear with me, folks. I'm still not in my right voice completely. Um, but these particular creatures were terrorizing some people. And there are two different stories that I'm going to talk about. Two different families, but I, I merged the stories together because they were so similar. So I'll start where I left off on last Friday on the live stream. If you don't listen to the live stream, folks, you're missing out. You got to go check it out. Um, we talk a lot about a lot of stuff, but it's just, it's longer, but it's Most not as laser focused on like, as this, these shows are, but, uh, so what happened was there were some people that lived in Missouri and they had moved into a house up in the Ozarks and almost immediately stuff started happening, um, to this family, but it wasn't really happening to the to the parent. It was their children. It was a couple that moved in, and they had four kids. But it was predominantly messing with or affecting their children. And uh, <clears throat> they had what they, people would call Irish twins. The one kid was seven, the other one was eight, and they were born one year apart by two days. Your brothers are Irish twins. Yeah. They were born one year and one day apart, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So same thing with these boys. And they had an older sister who was 12, then another one was 14. So the 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 oldest boy was eight and the other one was seven. I believe that was the ages. Um, you know. But these two boys, they kept telling their parents that they were seeing something in the trees around the house. The house was surrounded by trees, and it wasn't far from a lake. But they said that they kept seeing this creature – which ultimately turned out to be creatures and that it was seen multiple times in trees around the house outside of their room. And then they saw this creature in the front yard. And then one of the boys saw it climbing the fence in the backyard. And then eventually one of the, the I believe one of the sister, the uh, oldest or the second to the oldest sister saw the creature on the roof. Now what, ended up happening after a couple of months of this, the mom and dad were just fed up. And eventually the mother's like, look, you keep talking about this creature. Sometimes it has red eyes or it has a red hat and it's really weird and whatever. One day she was coming out of the laundry room and she says, you walk down, there's like a hallway and she looks down this hallway and she sees through the, through the window and she has one of those windows that you can see the front door or whatever. It's like right above the door. We have the same thing at our house, but her, their house is much larger. But she said that, that she could see up in a tree, this thing was like sitting there. And it was just like his leg was dangling down, both legs actually. But one of them was kind of swinging, like nonchalantly swinging the leg. And she said that it lifted something to its mouth like it was eating. You could see it. But she said it was like black, like a shadow. But she saw red eyes. But then she saw them blink. And that's what she knew that she, she was looking at some sort of a humanoid creature. My colleague Barton only would call it an inhumanoid. I wouldn't call it a cryptid. <clears throat> but then she said that this creature 
like it scared her and she dropped the laundry and she ran. She told her husband, hey, there's this thing outside, whatever. He came out and he looked and he's like, this is ridiculous. This is nonsense, whatever. He goes outside and, you know, if you want to know what happened, the whole story, whatever, go to Friday, listen to the live stream and, 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 and you'll whatever. So after he has his encounter and she has her encounter and then the, the, the children were seeing this creature like on a regular basis. And it wasn't like an everyday thing. Like I know because they live in the house that was haunted. It's not like it's there 24 seven. It's not like blood's coming from the walls, like the Amityville horror. Okay. It's, it's very bad, but it wasn't like an everyday thing. Now here's the, here's the thing that, that coincides with the others, the story of the other family that had the creature. Um, the thing on this one liked to hang out in the, uh, there was a storage shed in the backyard. That's where a lot of the, the haunting, I call it haunting, was taking place. But on the, on the, on the other family that we're going to talk about, they, that creature liked to hang out in the detached garage. They had a detached garage and that's where a lot of it, the stuff was going on. Now, this family here in in Missouri, <clears throat> after the children had seen, one of them in particular had seen this thing jump a fence because the dogs were barking and going crazy. The other kid just saw like what looked like a black image shadow, whatever, jumping, moving, whatever, really fast. And then they all compared notes. They had a very large, bulbous, green uh, nose, green face, but green body, skin, whatever. Nose was big and bulbous, but it was also kind of drooping down. Like imagine a really large bulbous nose, but like a, like hooked and drooping, and large ear loops. Um, and it looked very old. It looked like a very old creature. They never could see its hair because it had a hat on its head. Well, red cap. And of course, there are stories, and I'm not going to get into the whole history of gnomes and what they are, <clears throat> but they are called red caps in multiple countries. Now, if you were to go back and, and research the history of them, you'll find them very prevalent in Scandinavia and places like England, all these different places where, you know, the people in, in, in Northern Europe in particular uh, have had encounters with these things, including, um, I believe, uh, Iceland. Pretty much all those countries have stories of elves, gnomes, goblins, whatever. Now, this one in particular, this particular creature did not cause a lot of havoc or harm until about six months in. After that, okay, there was a lull um, after the first three months when all the activity really was going on with the children. Once the parents saw it, it was kind of like it stopped. Like it was like, okay, I've been seen. I've been made. So I need to chill out. So there was like a literally like a 90-day cooling off period where there was very little activity. And then one day they come home from work and the dogs weren't inside the house. They had outside dogs. The house was turned upside down. And they thought that they had been robbed. But the doors were locked. All the windows were locked. There was no forced entry anywhere. When the police were called, they checked everything. Another weird thing about it was that when they tried to get fingerprints off of any of the things that were turned upside down, whatever, there were none other than the fingerprints that belonged to people from the family. So there was a weird discrepancy there. The police were really weirded out. They were baffled. They didn't understand how this could have happened. Um, <clears throat> but they had been gone for about three days. 
So, you know, a little mini vacation over the weekend, and then they come home and their house has been ransacked. They This is weird. Now, they did have cameras. The Friday evening after they left, the cameras stopped working. Quit working. Then they came back on Sunday uh, evening, late Sunday evening, and then they came home right after the camera, after that, when the cameras came back on. But how do you explain that? Like he punished them for seeing him. Mm. It's weird. I well, don't know. That's why I, I have the instinct to just stomp these things. Oh, my God. Can't stand them. Well, th- this thing is not stompable because it was about three three feet tall. It wasn't something like you can just stomp Well, you on. can still punt it. Well, I just, <laughs> uh, I just by principle, if I see anything three feet, I stomp it. Oh, wow. Okay. That's that's awesome. Yeah, so don't let Tony around your children. Oh, my God. I mean, just we better do not safe advocate than sorry. The, the stomping of children. We don't advocate it. I just do it personally. It's just me. If you want to know the secret to success, just take what Tony does and do don't the opposite. Do it. And it'll work out for you. Yeah. Worked out for me. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So so what well maybe when you when your your little sister was, you know, maybe you stomped on her and kicked her and punted her. Yeah, well that was just That's why she's more athletic though. than you are now. She's safety. probably beat you up, but that's okay. <clears throat> What's funny though is that gnome stomping aside, okay, there was really nothing they could do. There was no recourse. Now this was the opening salvo to its kind of return. Because after that, the, the activity ramped up big time. Some things happened too, like there was broken glass. Like somebody had broken their their light fixture in the back, and it had gotten all over their deck. And the dog had ran across it for some reason and had cut up two of its paws, and then having to go to the, the hospital, the dog, you know, vet, emergency vet, whatever. And. It just got worse from there, and then there was like a storage shed. Like I, I was like they. It lived in the. This is what I believe. I believe that it lived in the back because they kept talking about the storage shed being a very uh, volatile area. Guy would go out there try to get some gardening shears, and they flew off the wall and nearly impaled him. And it was just like particle wood, right? And it just like went right through it. And he was like, dude, you know, it was like the activity that was going on around that storage shed, stuff moving around, them seeing like a green, it was always green, like a green ball of, of light. Well, I say greenish yellow. It was yellowish green is what he said. Never was a different color. Same thing. And that it would float around the, the storage building. And at times it would chase the dog. And at one point, the one of the dogs got burned. Like it singed the, the back of the dog's uh, buttocks area. So there was a lot of weird activity going on there, and whenever they would go to the back storage, there would always be like a cold feeling, like there was something like, and it felt like there was something there. Um, this happened, you know, not not a long, long time ago, but a few years ago. And so one of the boys now, he's like in his late teens, and he was saying that, uh, or he's in his, I guess, mid to late teens. He was saying that it was like to the point where when he went to the back, he was he was praying, he was scared that something was going to attack him. And at one point he was standing in the storage shed, getting the the push mower out. And he heard something like a hissing, rattling noise behind him. He thought there was a snake, but when he turned around, this is what he saw. Now there was a kind of a rolled up carpet. Well, it wasn't kind of, it was a rolled up carpet and it was sitting there on the corner of the storage shed and it had unfurled itself and it was bouncing up and down. And like, he was like, what the heck is that? 
Well, same thing happened to his brother. One day he went in the backyard and he heard this flapping weird noise. So he goes and he looks in the window and there, as he's looking through the window, he sees that carpet flapping up and down like by itself, nobody doing it. So that leads me to think that this creature was not, I think it was responsible for all this, but I don't, I don't think that that creature was um, just purely flesh and blood. I think it could manipulate and do things, but and then it its true form was probably this, you know, gnome type being. But like a lot of times when stuff would happen, they wouldn't see anything. Now the average person might say, Well, there was a haunting and then there was this goblin type cryptid that was running around doing and it was a coincidence. The average researcher might come to that conclusion. I'm not the average researcher, I don't believe that's what happened. I believe that this thing was responsible for it. I believe this thing was the the, the culprit and I think that it was going on before they got there, and the children were able to see it um, more often than the adults. And in one particular situation, they saw this thing crawling around on all fours on the deck. And the children saw it. The parents, all they saw was like a weird fuzzy-looking thing, black, kind of rolling, completely different than what the children were seeing. And it was one of the the, the, the sisters and the two boys. And they could see it, like what it was doing. It was crawling, and the parents were like, there's just this black blob of this, like, rolling. Kind of makes you think, like, if you were, like, in a video game. Like, it was, like, chunky graphics. Like, you you know, you, the parents were seeing it, like, 16-bit, you know. And, I mean, what do y'all think? I don't know. I think I would be pretty mad, too, if I was an elf like this thing is, and I had just worked a long day at Santa's workshop. And then okay, all right. So, do we have tree. anything anything to add that's intelligent? Like not this this. Silly I mean, I don't really know what to say. It's just it's, well, then don't say anything. Go ahead, Anthony. I want to say that it appeared differently to the kids. To uh, I don't know. I guess to get the children to trust it, but mm. it doesn't look good. But it didn't take like uh, it didn't take a friendly appearance to them either. It was just like Maybe. an ugly little troll. goblin troll thing. Troll looking so I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I don't, I don't know like why they would see it, why they would see it as a little goblin troll, and and the parents would just see it as a black blob. Well, the whole thing is weird. The fact that you know it gave a ninety day grace period, or it has the same <laughs> yeah <clears throat> policy as you know Walmart's return. <laughs> it's it just comes out here it does that and then it says you know what screw it i'm gonna ramp up and i'm gonna go harder now and i'm gonna start using my abilities to even mess with them even further now and it's not like they attacked it it's, yeah it's, why the absence too yeah it's, like, it's not like they that. attacked it it's not like they did anything aggressive towards it they just saw it and it's already been seen by children so it's already been seen beforehand and it was all right with that but for some reason when they saw it. They were like, "I'm." That was not okay, right? That absence also might not have been something that was done deliberately. I mean, because of what, we don't really know how it how, how it works on the other yeah. side. Yeah, you know. So it could be some kind of uh, law of the spirit world that we're just not aware of. Yeah, we have no. Uh, there's a good point. Now, <clears throat> with that with that story there. That was pretty much like the, the the bulk of it. There were a few other things that happened. Like one Christmas, they had all their presents unwrapped and tossed everywhere. Told you an elf. Yeah, and it was just more of the same. Oh, come on. <laughs> so, it was just more of the same like vandalism, you yeah. know. Um, it did th – there were incidents where um, 
in particular, one of the little boys who was kind of like wanting to do something to it, wanting to shoot it with a BB gun, shoot it with a slingshot. He got like his hair pulled. He got slapped, you know, and then he ended up with scratches in, in the bathroom. He came out of the bathroom and the parents were like, dude, they, we, we thought that we were going to end up getting in trouble for beating our kid because he goes to school with a scratch on him and they, you know, and we don't have a cat, you know. You know what? I just had a thought. Maybe it didn't mean to to appear to the parents when it was appearing as that black blob. That could have just been something that was just kind of like an unintended consequence of appearing to the children. Well, like when you're sitting in a tree, I mean, I used to climb trees as a kid. One leg off, sitting like that, it's a really relaxed position. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just lounging around and it got caught. So then it was trying to figure out a way to get away, and then the dad saw it, and it just kept escalating, and now it's angry. Mm-hmm. And I think you might be right about the time thing. It might have been, you know, three months to us, but it could have been three seconds to him, and he he's coming back just as angry, just as vengeful for yeah, time is some different, reason. Yeah. yeah, it could have been something like that. And, and you've read the book Dark Fairies. Like how, yeah, how yeah, vengeful they are. Yeah, we don't know what this little, their rules is. or their laws yeah, are. The, the, yeah, the sealy cord and the unsealy cord, which is clean and unclean. But you, you don't really know what this thing is because I can't say it is what – I can't say that that's what it is. I don't no, know what don't it know is. It, uh, but anyway, it led into something else, um, which like I said, was kind of like a haunting. It was like bleeding into a haunting. Now, they never saw any full-bodied apparitions or anything. And that was why I thought – and most of the encounters happened, like I said, around that storage shed. And most of the things that happened involved outside. Anytime it happened inside, it was like a form of vandalism or somebody was getting like their hair pulled or something like one of the daughters got their hair pulled in the hallway. Um, But, you know, when you look at that case, now I'm going to jump to this other one. It mirrors another one that I did, which actually spills over into something weird. Now, I had a listener. This story was given to me by a listener and they were like, I have a dog man story for you. So I said, okay. And so the story started off, you know, normal enough. It was a dogman encounter. Um, and what happened was this woman didn't have a backyard. She just had a fence. And this was in uh, Michigan and Michigan dogman. But anyway, she, she said that there was no backyard. Um, and she said that her and her husband, her husband had died. And, and when he died, she had a life insurance policy was pretty large, so she was going to do some adding on. And her daughter, one of her daughters, was getting a divorce, so she was going to remodel the property. They had a two-acre spot, and she was going to bring her daughter and her, her three children to live with her. Well, she ended up having a dogman encounter, seeing this dogman-looking creature just standing there with its arm resting on one of the trees. Literally, she said, dude, it was like its arm was just like up against the tree, like it was holding itself up and his legs were crossed. And she thought, this is too weird. It's too like like a human, you know, like a like a Yeah, just casually hanging yeah, out. Yeah, casually hanging out. And she, at that time she didn't know anything about dogman or werewolves or anything like that. Well, her daughter comes and sure enough, she has an encounter too. They're out there in the backwoods and there's a creek back there. Kids are skipping rocks, whatever, and they look up and there's this thing squatted down and it is like a quintessential werewolf, basically. Like it's got the werewolf head, it's got the body, legs are bent like a man, but it's got the backward hawk-like leg, the hawks. And so whenever they're looking at this creature, they're thinking, what in the heck are we looking at? It never opened its mouth, snarled, or did anything aggressive in any way. So they ran back to the house. And two days after that encounter, the children were 
asked to stay away from the creek because of what they saw. Now, here's the description of the dog, man. It was brownish black. It was seven foot tall, and it was large and muscular. Um, nothing, there was nothing like that stood out about the eyes, nothing like that. The ears were pointy and tall. Quintessential, like just quintessential dog, man. That was where that whole dog man thing ended. And then this little, whatever it was, entity began because two days after that, when they were in the den playing video games and they were still doing construction, building the other two rooms to, to, for the children and, and the mom, um, cause it was a three bedroom house and they were turning it into a bigger house and her younger sister was already living there. And so she brought her kids and then she had her younger sister and her, um, the older sister's name was Clara. The younger, younger sister's name was Karen. Karen and Clara did not get along. That was a problem. So one day they had a really bad argument. They, they were, uh, almost 10 years apart in age and they were from That's two, always issue. yeah, always bad and two different dads. The dad that was there before when he died, he didn't like Clara, so that's he didn't want to, he wouldn't let her live there. But when he passed away, um, the mom was like, Come live with you know, come live with us. And so they didn't get along. Karen also, the younger sister, I was told by by the mother and her daughter that she had substance abuse problems. I'm not here to air people's stuff out, you know, so I'm not gonna give out, you know, last names or anything. But this woman had a substance abuse problem and so Talking to her, you, you, you're going to get a tainted testimony. And not that because, you know, people can take something and it not necessarily lead to, you know, them hallucinating and seeing all kinds of dogmen and gnomes and stuff. doesn't stop your story from being true. It just... It, 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 you can't really get, rely on that, mm -hmm. though. So I did get a statement from her, not didn't speak to her, uh, but I did talk to the other two ladies and they actually told me that one of the situ one of the situations that that happened started after a big fight between Karen and Clara. They had a big, huge argument in the in the kitchen, and that while they were arguing, a cutting board kind of rattled and flew up and came back down. This was literally two days after the dogman encounter, and so one of the little boys was having dreams, um, like nightmares or whatever of this werewolf looking creature walking into the house and then chasing him. Here's what's creepy about it though. I mean, and I that's, that's not creepy enough, but <clears throat> it gets creepier. One day he's his, him and his, him and his uh, sister come home from school and they see, well, this wasn't his sister, it was his cousin. This was uh, the younger daughter's little girl who was the youngest in the house. They come home, little boy and little girl cousins. They come home from school. They're one, they're one year apart. They both see standing in the in the den what looks like a person who has melted. This is the way they described it to me, and they said that it what what it looked like was this big, tall person that was that had literally there was all this goo coming off of it, and what was left was like almost like a candle. How if a candle burned on the outside and it left like a center, and there was a creature. A little green-looking creature with a with a red cap. Same thing we heard from this other story in Missouri. And like I said, this is in Michigan. And this creature was standing there in the middle of the room, and it turned around and was like, huh, you know, like like it was startled. Mm -hmm. And it it let out a weird growl, and then it got on all fours and ran out the back door. Back door was wide open, like it like they don't remember seeing the back door open when they walked in. Now, 
did this thing open the door through telekinesis? I don't know how it did it, but it did. Now, when you look at this situation, they said that this thing looked like a goblin. Two weeks after that incident, okay, there were nothing, nothing happened for a couple of weeks. There were two weeks after that. Same thing. There was an argument that erupted amongst the children, okay? Not the cousin and, and the other two. It was the, the two siblings from, the, from Clara's kids. They had a big fight. One of them struck the other one. Um, guess what they were doing when the fight started? They were playing with a Ouija board. Okay, so they left it open, and one of the other kids from from the the cousins or whatever they came to visit was there for the weekend, and they found the, the planchette under their bed, or the Ouija board under their bed, but no planchette. So they went out there, and they said, Grandma, what is this? She said, that's a Ouija board. So she's like, well, what does it do? And she's like, you don't need to be playing with that. And she's like, where did you get that? She's like, in the garage. Now, the grandmother said she specifically remembered throwing that thing out years ago. She don't know how it returned, how it got back, but it was Clara's Ouija board from when she was young because it had her initials on it. And so then Karen said, well, she'd been living there for, you know, 15 years and she don't know how that Ouija board got back in the house. She said they found it in the garage. Well, maybe, I mean, you know, maybe it's possible that when they were doing the remodeling that that's, this thing appeared. Well, after the Ouija board incident, things got real, real heated. It, it was like, the cutting board moving around, there was like a knife that began spinning on the counter, you know, a bunch of weird stuff happened in the kitchen, um, like pots and pans, like like moving around on their own. Uh, they go to grab a glass and it moves, poltergeist type activity. At one point, though, one of the children was in the kitchen and they see a cabinet door open and they see this, what can only be described as a green goblin looking gnome type creature um, running out of the, the cabinet and running into a wall very quickly, but they could see clearly what it was. Now that's, you know, like some sort of metaphysical thing. Like Harry Potter running into a wall. Or? I don't know what, what it, it, like it's it running did. into a wall and disappearing. I don't know if Harry Potter ran through walls. I don't know. But the point is, I'm, you know, don't mess me up here. What happened was the, the oldest uh, daughter, the, the one that had moved in, she was in. She was cleaning, di- drying off dishes, whatever, because the dishwasher was broken. Um, and so she looks up and she sees. This is the crazy part right here. Like this isn't already crazy, but this thing crawl like it was crawling on all fours out of the woods. Stands up and begins to literally morph into what old, can only be described as a deformed-looking werewolf. And she said it started out as a hazy misty looking goblin type creature. Now, when I asked her, what, what does that mean? Misty, hazy looking goblin. She's like, I, this is, it's just crazy to tell you this. She's like, but uh, people think I'm crazy if I tell them. She's like, doesn't like to talk about this too much, but she said that this is absolute truth. Thing crawled out of the woods. And she said, it looked like a goblin looking creature, but it took like the, sh- like it began to like bulk up and begin to get taller. And it turned into, what looked like a mutated werewolf. And I said, mutated how? She goes, like, it didn't look like a normal werewolf, like not that thing that we saw on the river, but like it was turning into that. And she said, and I didn't stick around looking out the kitchen window to let it finish its transformation or whatever. So she runs out of the kitchen. She goes and she gets her mom and and the mom and the sister are in the back arguing, which she said they did all the time because the younger sister, like I said, very rebellious and had substance abuse problems, didn't take care of her child. 
ultimately she ended up moving out. Bunch of stuff happened. They ended up getting custody. Long story short, they ended up getting custody of her daughter because she was deemed as unfit, whatever. So that was the end of that with that situation with her, you know. But anyway, that was further down the road. What ended up happening was that, that this thing was seen two or three more times in and around the garage area where the Ouija board was found. Now, one of the crazy things that was going on with this creature was, and, and, and this kind of goes into another story. Remember we were doing the unwelcome passengers? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They were going to the grocery store one day and this thing had crawled into the back of the, they had like a- uh, Back seat, yeah. Yeah. The grandmother had an SUV with a, with a back and this thing popped up in the, in the rear view mirror and the kids saw it and started screaming and kicking and literally- they're pulling out of the driveway and the kids are pouring out of the friggin' SUV trying to get out. Grandmother doesn't see anything. All she knows is the hatchback opens up by itself and she feels like weight come off of it. Here's what's weird. We had four kids. Two kids saw a weird looking goblin type creature and two kids saw a wolf head creature. That is something that I have always wondered about though is these werewolf type creatures that people talk about these dogmen could they be a shapeshifter that is not a human turning into a werewolf but some sort of denizen from inner earth which i think is where these goblin creatures come from could that be becoming a werewolf could that be using the form of animals or some sort of magic that we don't understand black science i guess you know i don't want to get too deep you know into this hour-long episode but what is that because these children clearly saw something to the point where one of them had to go to therapy, couldn't sleep, and was having literally bad insomnia to the point where they had to put her in a facility temporarily. So this this went on and on and on. Now, here's the interesting thing, too. Another interesting note to it. All this stuff really started when she started working on the house. Like None of this was going on before that. Like This was like not... Like, you know, it was like she started remodeling the house. Remember at the beginning we talked about yeah. how they were doing a remodel because her husband had died and left her insurance. Well, there's a creature standing there by by the, the uh, by a tree, by a large tree, and that starts all of it. She said prior to that, there was nothing going on. Now, when we were talking, here's where here's where the unwelcome passengers part comes in. I covered a story, and it wasn't really long enough to do an hour-long episode on its own, but I can I can talk about this story. Do you remember we discussed this story, and it didn't we it, we didn't put it in the unwelcome passengers because we thought, well, it's got the the, the gnome element, so we're there's gonna, more to it than it would yeah. be unfair. Yeah, so we we decided to, to decided against it, but it was a family that lived in uh, oh gosh, I don't even know the name of the, uh, where they were from. I think it was Massachusetts, wasn't it? Something like that? Yeah, I think so. It's from the Northeast. I know that. But anyway, that's not important. Um, But anyway, the guy, the the guy's a mortgage broker. He can't really, the grandfather was. Anyway, he's retired. But his uh, grandson reached out to me and said, when we were children, it was just the email. He said, when we were children, we would go, my grandparents had uh, a very large house um, and they had a, same thing. They had a garage that was detached. You know, where like the, like the kids would play and stuff like that. They had a ping pong table and stuff. And he said, we loved going to our grandparents' house. But then one day, it showed up. And I was like, what do you mean it? I said, me and my sister had this creature or whatever you want to call it, like 
that would stalk us around the property. And it was like predominantly outside and it was in the garage area. And one of the, one of the things that they, like they were playing in the garage and they look in the back of their, of an Oldsmobile. They're, you know, I don't know. You guys probably never even been in an Oldsmobile. These are old cars. I have. Oh, you have? Yeah. And uh, so this, this old Oldsmobile from like the 1980s, um, and, and of course this was back in the late eighties when this happened. Yep. And back when cars had ashtrays. Yeah. Yeah. When ashtrays were a thing. And so this car was, uh, basically taken very well care of by the grandfather. They were playing in the back and they hear this like laughing, snickering noise. They look in the back seat and they, they see this thing laying on the uh, back seat of the Oldsmobile, and it looks like an ugly gremlin goblin-looking thing with big ears and a pointy nose, and it had a red cap, and it sat up, and it just snarled at them, and they said that it was so weird-looking that the legs were super skinny, and they, they looked almost like, like it was walking on toothpicks, like, you know, little skinny legs. And uh, they, 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 they this is what he told me. He's like, have you ever seen Return of the Jet? I said, yeah. He says, you remember that little rat thing with Joe, Joe, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, if you took that, turned it green, made the ears a little smaller and, and made it uglier, if it's, it's even possible. Yeah. He said, it looked like that. And I was just like, oh my gosh. So he said that this thing sat up and it, and it had a little knife and the knife was like weird looking. It looked like almost like a feather. They and always have these little tiny a, weapons. Yeah. A little blade on it, you know? And he said that it, it, it started like banging on the glass and they ran. Of course, they were freaked out. So they go inside and they're like, Grandpa, Grandma, you know, there's this creature. And they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Um, back then, his, grandpa, his grandpa still worked, still had a normal job, whatever. He's a mortgage broker, worked for, you know, a big company. And he's, he's like, you know, yeah, I'm he very down-to-earth guy. He's not going to entertain the idea that there is some little evil gnome creature or whatever it is with a red hat that's running around in the garage. Um, the grandmother, on the other hand, apparently had acknowledged that this thing existed. She said, kids, you need to stay out of that garage for a while. They had a guy come to the house, long hair, white, white haired guy, looked like a Native American dude. And he did all kinds of stuff. And obviously he was burning something in the garage, which was sage. They heard a screeching noise and the guy had an owl with him. Then after that, everything chilled out, and for the rest of that particular summer, there wasn't any incidents. Fast forward to the next year. The next summer, they go back, and they stay there. They stay there for like a month every summer, right? They go back, and they were playing once again. They had something kind of weird happen to them, um, kind of along the lines of what happened to the last family with the, with the cutting board where it began to bounce up and down and, and you know move on its own. They had a glass of punch that was or, or, or that was left out on the counter, and it just flew across the room and broke on the on the ceramic tiles of the of the uh, of the sink by in front of the sink. And they said that that freaked them out. That was during spring break, and they looked at each other and they had to go and tell their grandparents, "Look, we didn't do this." And the grandparents didn't flip out on them or anything. Of course, grandparents love their grandkids, but. The grandpa could be cantankerous, and he was known to be disciplinarian, but he was just like, oh, okay. So apparently they knew there was something going on. But that was all that happened that particular spring break. But then later on in the summer, fast forward to July, they had all of July. They stayed with their grandparents. 
whenever their grandparents would say, hey, kids, we're going to go to town. We're going to go get dinner. We're going to go do this. They would walk out to the car and they would see this little weird looking like blur, like of a shadow, like run and get into the car. And then something would always happen. The car would break down or there would be a flat tire. And ultimately, they would end up having to turn around and go whatever and get the other vehicle, which was an old Ford truck. And eventually, he said, dude, I'm going to take this thing in and get it looked at. The mechanic looked at it. There's nothing wrong with this vehicle. I don't know what to tell you, you know. But there is something wrong with it electrically because the, the radio would move and go by itself. And get this, the radio would like spit out words random words and he goes the, the mechanic told this this to the the grandpa and this kid he's not a kid anymore but when he was a kid he heard this exchange and the mechanic said i think i thought this thing said you know kill you you know like over and over again it was like skipping through stations and the words kept coming up kill you sounds kind of like one of those spirit boxes you know <clears throat> so i'm sitting there going like okay so this mechanic said, other than that, it was an anomaly. It was weird. So the grandpa is like looking really pale and kind of peaked. He's like, dude, he's driving back to the house. And he's kind of freaked out and he's like nervous. Um, and he says, hey, do me a favor. Don't tell your, your sister or your grandma about this. I don't want him getting scared because he knew that the kid had heard it. So he goes, there's nothing wrong with this car. And he hits the dash. You know, When he hit the dash, guess what? The thing started moving and, and making the same like, yeah making noise and it was saying things like hurt you kill you die you know like those kind of things he said dude me and my grandpa got scared he goes i saw my grandpa's hands shaking and never seen him grandpa's world war ii veteran never never got rattled you know was freaking out um so you know he worked for this large company whatever they get back to the house, and he says, you cannot say anything to your grandma. She's going to freak out. So are your sister. You know, we're going to keep this quiet, blah, blah, blah. They didn't like getting in the vehicle because this thing would, would you know. So one day, grandma, because dad was in town, and he had, the grandpa was in town, had the Ford. So we're going to go to the store. We're going to get ice cream. Like, yay, hey, you know, we're going to go to ice cream. They see this thing dart out from behind a wall, like b- behind a bookshelf on a wall, run out into the garage, out in front of them, and they said they saw it clearly. It was like a goblin-looking gnome creature matching the description of when we first saw it in the back seat of that car. And it jumped into the back seat, and they said that that, at that point, they walked out to the garage, and they were both staring right at it, and it was looking right at them, like sitting there with its head turned to the left, staring at them. Like waiting for them to get into the car. And it even when when they were looking at it, they saw this like you know, scared look on their faces. It kind of smiled and it had all these nasty looking brown teeth and it like patted the seat, like come sit down next to me. Huh. And shotgun. they were just like, Nope. Yeah. Shotgun. So the little boy was like, I'm not. And then, so eventually they, they got in the car. This thing was like, it became invisible. The little girl got in the, in the car. She gets shoved and her head hits the window. Then the little boy gets his hair pulled and smacked from the back of the head. Grandma's like, what the heck is going on? So eventually she refused to drive that car. So he said, we had to sit there and wait until grandpa would come home and then we could use the truck. Because for whatever reason, this thing did not mess with the truck. It only got into that Oldsmobile. Very weird. Um, yeah. So when you take these stories and you look at all these cases, and then in particular, the, the second one where this thing 
was uh, appeared to be either mimicking uh, a werewolf of some kind to probably to frighten the children or something. But what's intriguing about that is where it, what if that is where some of these legends come from? Because Detroit, that area of Detroit is known in, in that area before, um, you know, like Pontiac, all that area. Before the settlers came, the, the, the natives there believed in a race of beings that were these little gnome uh, goblin type creatures and that they were shapeshifters and they were tricksters and they were known to be de- deviant and evil. And, and they would ca- capture their horses and, and, and would r- run them ragged. They'd wake up the next day, the horse would be dead from exhaustion. Um, I, I've read a story in Fate magazine, very similar to about these little in, in Michigan too. These little gnome type creature that would get on a horse, and, and this guy caught it like running his horse until it died. Um, just a very, very weird, you know, situation. But these creatures obviously exist because you got multiple people telling you these stories. Um, and and it's I don't not even just people; it's just it's history too. You know, it's like you you. you see a bunch of different stories about these folklores you know, about these little creatures and there's usually always a similarity to all of them they almost always have some kind of weird napoleon uh what is it when short man syndrome when they they feel like they they're just either extremely mischievous or extremely angry and like i remember reading one where there's some that are good uh, but you have to offer a tribute, and you know it might help you out. But if you don't offer a tribute, then it turns into a demon. It turns into this horrible existence that is just there to ruin and make your life harder. And it's just there to make it to where you don't want to really like. You were like, "Oh, I regret not giving some creature tribute so that it could do whatever it wants in my house." When you Read about the red caps and you go and you do some reading and, and go down the rabbit hole about them, dude. They are evil. They are known to be very malevolent. Um, well, they, all those little people are just – I haven't seen or I haven't really heard a story of one where it comes out all right. Like even if they offer you food, it ends up not working out for you. If they offer you something to drink, it ends up not working out for you. You act nice to them, play with them for a little bit. It ends up – It always buying, breaks down into aggression. It always ends up biting you in the butt somehow. And, you know, the thing about what you said earlier about them being maybe they're the original forms of dogmen and things like that, I, I would agree except for the point that I think you would see more animal hybrids if they had that, if, if that was the Well, case. I think they can, they can shapeshift. They can trickster. Yeah, I think, yeah. like, if they could shapeshift, I think I, I think that there's a limit. Because I, I, we do hear about, like, changeling and things like that. So I think mm-hmm. there is a limited ability to it. But I think it has to be, like, of a creature that they already know. I don't, I don't think, like, they could see a wolf and then change into a humanoid wolf or, like, see an elephant and change into a humanoid elephant. Because I think you'd see more creatures, <laughs> animal-creature hybrids, if they could. So I think they would have to already have, like, a reference to be able to change into something like that like uh changelings for instance i think they have to find the kid first and then they're able to take the form and switch spots with them or maybe they don't actually shapeshift at all maybe they're just able to influence how people perceive them like like they have some kind of like mental trick that they pull their true form stays the same but how they're perceived by human beings 
is something that they can manipulate. They can because manipulate it, yeah. if you just focus on your vision, then that might be how they trick you. Yeah, right? and our vision is not really that good compared to yeah. other animals. And you know, and the the, the red cap, or the, it, it's also known as the powery uh, or dunter, and it's said that they inhabit like places where there's been like battles, castles that have been you know, and the scene of like violence. And yeah, just their horrible cap places. Is, yeah, bad bad places, and their cap is known to signify blood. That's why they have the red cap. And the, you know, there's different types. I mean, there's different. You know, uh, there's some from Dutch Dutch folklore. Um, and they're known as brownies because they have like a brown skin and there's all kinds, there's Flemish ones, there's all kinds of different ones. And, but, but the thing that remains the same is their description is always very similar. Now, some of them are, are, are known to have like white or, or paler skin, like the Icelandic, Icelandic ones. And then there's the brownie ones like in the Dutch and Danish folklore. And then you have these ones with these green goblinish skin, which you know, there is a precedent for that, too, because in the inner earth, there are known, like, if you read the book, The Smoky God, I, b- I believe it was The Smoky God. I think that's the one where, where and then there were this children in England that were found that came from the inner earth that that, that talked about the, the sun being the same way in their world in the inner earth, just like The Smoky God did. And basically that these uh, pe- these kids were green. Their skin was green. Now, that could be because these ones, these particular dwarves lived within the inner earth, and they were exposed to certain types of, of substances that created that green skin. Um, so I, I don't know the whole, you know, how it works. I know, I, I know that they're probably from the fourth density, which we can't really comprehend. And I know that they, some of the descriptions also match what we would know as the Darrow, you know, from uh, the, 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 the uh, was it the Shaver mystery? Yeah. Um, when you look at these creatures, though, and you take a look at them and you study them, and you go into their folklore and their history, it is a history of malevolence and violence. And they do mischief to the point of evil, um, to the point of like even killing people. Um, and that's what they're known for. So you don't, you know, and like you said, you don't ever want to take food from them. You don't want to entertain them in any way. They'll do you a favor. But it's like somebody giving you uh, an interest, a high interest loan of like 380% loan. Like you got to pay back in five minutes, you know. And it's like. It's a no-win deal. You can't win in that moment and you're not going to win later on because it's not like they're going to offer you something that's of some substantial value or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's always something like minor but ends up biting you. Like they, you give, what is it? Uh, you give them an inch and they take a mile. Yeah, that's exactly their motto. The best thing you can do is avoid them and not entertain them at all. And so what these families went through and what they ended up, you know, ultimately what ended up happening is the grandfather got rid of that car and uh, sold it to somebody and they didn't have problems anymore. It, the car, once the car was gone, that seemed to be the focal point of where it was coming from. So maybe somebody had that car before and this entity was attached to it. Um, I don't know. But that that's how that one ended. The second story I remember – uh, basically just ended with like once the, the younger daughter was gone, um, Karen, once she left, it seemed that the, the, the haunting or whatever it was stopped. And maybe this creature was attached to her and it got some sort of energy from the drugs that she would do. I don't know. The negativity she brought maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, one thing that always inter- really interested me though is the dichotomy of like how they interact with each other. Like I would never want to be one. I would never really even want to see one or interact with one. But I would love to know how 
these creatures interact with each other, like dogmen, and how like that environment works, or how that how how that whole society would even work, you know, because these things would obviously have to run into each other. There's no way that you're not going to be able to. Well, the Earth's a huge place. You it's, don't, it's a huge don't have place, to interact with each other if they don't. I'm not saying like specifically these two creatures, but uh, when they're running above and stuff, I'm sure they run into each other. And I think hotspots are hotspots, you know, like in Africa, uh, pools of water are incredibly dense with animals because obviously it's needed like that. And it could be the same for these hot pockets of activity where it's just like when one animal or when one of these creatures finds it, all these other ones come rushing because they, it's like they fiend for it too. So, and I just wonder how like that all works because when you like Africa again, you see all these animals working, like not minding each other. They keep to each other. They have like this weird hidden system where it's like, we won't mess with you. You won't mess with us. We all have our own groups. We all kind of deal with each other and, you know, but we don't, bother each other and even though there's alligators and there's lions and there's all these animals that shouldn't really be cool with each other oh alligators are not going to be cool with anybody obviously but i mean like lions specifically at these watering holes there's still like a layer of like hey let's have peace right now because we're all benefiting right now so like i wonder how these cryptids have like what their system and what their rules are and how they have to interact with each other and like for instance is it okay to take the form of a werewolf if you're one of these changing things is it a forbidden thing and is is it like you're breaking a rule there when you do that or something you know is it, i don't know it's just a, that's what cuz you know going back from last week when we talked about uh the bigfoot and dogman and how there's so many different types of them and how those different types how they would have to interact, interact with each other and they even think that it goes even further to where each of these cryptids have their own little like subspecies and uh, hyperspecies where like there's different ones basically and they all have their own conflicts but then it could span into bigger to where these all have their own conflicts with each other too. Well, one of the things I'm going to touch on <clears throat> probably on the live stream at some point or maybe I'll do a show about it, but there is a place called Thule or Ultima Thule. And there was a guy named Pythias or Pythias who actually was known. This was, you know, years ago, like 2000 years ago. And, um, there was a guy who was, he was a, he was a Greek astronomer named Geminus. And he claimed that Thule went back to an ancient, uh, it basically was like, um, uh, a place where the sun goes to rest. And that's what he had called it. And what's crazy is that there was a, a guy named Pythias who claimed to have actually found Thule, which a lot of people nowadays believe that if it's not a myth, that it was actually Iceland or Greenland. But the point was is that the land was inhabited by these. And we can get into the in-depth on this one day because the show is about to end. But it's very interesting because he said that the land was inhabited by these Nordic-type giant beings but that they eventually had left that that area and there were very few of them there. And when he questioned them and he asked them why, they said that they had entered into a war with these dwarf-like creatures and that they had been defeated. And these were like giant Nordic-type powerful people. And they said that ultimately they left Thule because the, 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 the dwarves had won the war and had driven them out. 
and that the what was the remnants were what was left of them was was leaving and now the picts if you look at the picts the p i c t s they were the the people that inhabited the, the british isles in the north and they were known to be extremely volatile they were the uh, ancestors the predecessors of the scottish and the northern english is, um they were is that during the roman times i believe uh the picts yeah that would have been in the Ro- that would have been uh yeah roman times um the scots were just unruly um but even that even predated that time that would have been even before that because the celts you know kind of displaced them um but the picts uh were so violent that they were killed you know um but they were supposedly the descendants of the inhabitants of thule so if you figure that these these people were these warrior tribe of bad dudes they were driven off of the island of thule by dwarfs with red caps so how violent and evil and mean are these creatures well you know, this is obviously to terrify the picks to leave you know th- this is obviously fiction but normally in fiction dwarves are very uh what is it when you're very able to like make stuff like they're, they're very handy. handy yeah they're very handy with their hands and they're very like tinkering and stuff like mechanic or uh, yeah uh they're good at engineering and stuff like that so it could have been something like that to where like they just had a technology that these obviously very superior uh, physically beings just couldn't handle. Because, like, even nowadays, like, you know, a six-foot, uh, nine guy weighs 230 pounds, nothing but muscles, isn't going to stop a bullet. So, like, it could just be something like that to where they have some sort of technology to make it to where they win. Also, you know, being underground leaves they a were lot known, of, they were they they were from the underground yeah too. they, they leaves the a lot of options mm-hmm. for am like it, ambushing so much stuff could happen basically guerrilla warfare yeah it, it could it, it just i i could see how they could have won i mean i'm sure in a upfront battle I, I don't think they could have done anything but yeah with how sneaky and devious these guys are known to be i could definitely see these guys being able to figure out a way to take over and cast these uh, giants out. Yeah, and so that that concludes our show, but I would suggest people uh, being weary, uh, being leery of these creatures and being on the lookout because if you got something running around in your house or whatever, um, I would not recommend trying to stomp it like these people had said earlier. Obviously, we are joking about that, um, steer clear of it, folks. And in, in the meantime, just try to take care of yourself and don't play with Ouija boards. Yeah, come on. I know guys. people do. And, and I've talked to a guy the other night that was like, yeah, I mess with Ouija boards all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not here to judge you, but you shouldn't do these things. And for your own health, you know, you should probably like, uh, avoid them at all costs. Avoid so, all things under five feet at all costs. That's my general rule. <laughs> well, Beware of the red caps, folks. I'll see you guys. You guys uh, stay safe, and thanks for tuning in to Paranormal Roundtable. Be sure to like and subscribe, and for more great content, <clears throat> go to my live stream on Fridays. Me and Tony and Anthony, we chop it up on, on Fridays. We, we get together and we chop it up. So uh, Tuesday, we do the uh, one-hour shows, and we'll be here every Tuesday. Next week, we're going to have another show Tuesday, and we'll be back on Friday. And if you want to hear the the – the story from last week, it's on there. I, I told part of you know, it, told part it part way, whatever. But anyway, <clears throat> go ahead and uh, and and hit us up, and don't forget 
to join our groups, uh, Paranormal Roundtable on Facebook. And uh, if you wish to donate to the show, that's Patreon. Patreon.com slash PRT Podcast. Yep. So there you go, folks. Thank you. And uh, we do a giveaway. We're going to put this link on the Paranormal Roundtable uh, Facebook group. And if you leave a comment, you might be picked to win an autographed book and some PRT uh, stickers and things. Um, we also do a giveaway of, of merchandise every Friday. every Friday. If you missed the Tuesday one, come check us out Friday. And we have the Wheel of... Uh what is it we call it the now? The Wheel of Destiny? No, I think we changed yeah, it to the, the Wheel of wheel. Broken. Yeah, the Wheel broken of Broken hopes. Hopes. No, I'm so calling broken it the hopes. Breaking Wheel. Sounds sounds cooler. Okay, so the Breaking Wheel, whatever. But anyway, we spin a wheel, and if you're chosen, you're chosen at the end of the show. And uh, you can get a hoodie, a shirt, cap, who knows what. All the more reason to come over to YouTube, because you're not getting that over on the... These other ones. Your, we, your you, Spotify, we have these whatever. maracas. You can't even see on these. Yeah, these, little, these are little mini maracas. You can't see it. Well, we also <clears> bring <throat> animals on the show, so you can look you at them, too. Yeah, we bring our pets on. I'll see you guys. Later. Thanks for tuning in. Good night.